you're just joining us, we've been in the midst of a series called Don't Waste Your Life. And we've been talking about how using and maximizing every moment God's given us in this life for his glory and other people's good. And you go, well, how do I measure whether or not I'm wasting my life or not? One way to evaluate it is to look at how seriously I take the roles God has given me in life. And the reality is, all of us are not encompassed by one singular role, but God has given you multiple roles you fill. All of us are a child in a family. All of us are employees. All of us are stewards of resources of health and time and money, be they many or few resources. All of us have these roles God has given us, and we can evaluate, have I been a success in life, or have I wasted my life based on the seriousness with which I commit myself to the roles I've been given by God? And so today we're talking about how to not waste our life and we're looking at one specific role that though we're in a variety of different situations in life, all of us have grown up in different ways. There's one role that all of us in this room have filled and I don't know if sometimes we've seriously thought about how to fill that role well. And the role is we are all members of a family. And so today is about don't waste your family. Now, a natural assumption is when I say that, this is about don't waste your family, a lot of people I think would think we're gonna talk about parenting, which would be a legitimate way to go. There's probably a lot of parents in this room. A lot of you have little kids, but I would dare say a larger percent of us in this room are children. 100% of us came from somebody, it's a fact. So I wanna focus today on our family of origin because no matter how far away you've moved from those people, all of us have been profoundly impacted by our families. So for me, I was looking through fam old family photos the other day, and I remember pulling one out, and I was like, I do not recall this moment. Like, when was I standing by a horse? And then I remember it dawned on me, wait a second, that's my father! And I was like, ah! I am my father's son! I am much more like him than I've wanted to admit at times. His influence has marked me, and it's the same with all of us. For better or for worse, you've been deeply impacted by those people you grow up with. And if I was to ask you your life story, many of your profoundest joys and greatest pains came from those people. Many of you have been to counseling, and it probably hasn't been because you have an annoying neighbor. It's probably been because you're trying to unwind the complexities of the emotional experiences you had as a kid, right? And so many of us, when we talk about our family of origin, some of you go, I don't want to talk about that. I want to get away from that. And some of you have maybe had great family experiences, and you're like, oh, I've been waiting to learn new ways I can honor my parents. Fantastic. And, and that's great. Congratulations. That's amazing. But for many of us, we're like the comedian George Burns that says, happiness is having a large, loving caring, close-knit family in another city. And you go, I wanted to get away from these people, but you're forever bound to your family. And let me say this, the ongoing quality of your relationship with God and your success or failure in life is extricably linked to those people. 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Husbands, live with your lives in an understanding way so that your prayers may not be hindered. God says, Husband, you be understanding of the sensitivities of your wife and you're not willing to understand to her. I don't want to hear from you. 
And so God marks us with that. And some of you go, well, of course, that's husband and wife. You have to live together. But you're talking about my parents and I'm an adult. Well, read down to 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5, the apostle Paul is talking to Timothy about how to instruct his church about how people were to treat their aging parents. And he says, if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So you're talking about adults and their aging parents. And Paul defines godliness as caring for your aging parents. I wonder if you've ever defined godliness that way. And then he goes on and says, and if you don't provide for your relatives, especially members of your household, you've denied the faith and and are worse than an unbeliever. I don't even know fully what that means, but it sounds terrible. But what he's saying is God so inextricably links faith in him and grace shown to your biological family that he says, if you don't care for these people, I wonder if you ever really know me. So we got to get this right. This is a role God takes very seriously. Forever you are bound to these people and God will evaluate your life based on your treatment of them. And yet some of you go, why would he do that? Ben, my family are not the people I would naturally hang out with. Like the people I've selected to hang with are nothing like them. Why would God bind me up to these people every holiday season? Well, let me give you, there's two overarching statements I want to put over this talk. And one of them is that God is sovereign over your family. It's his idea. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul launches into a prayer. And at the very outset, he says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He says, family is God's idea. And it's a great idea. The original design of family was an amazing idea. When God built humanity, he built a man and woman. He came up with an idea called sex, which is fantastic. And he made that the means by which we create other people. That's awesome. And then he said, we're going to create these nuclear families where an older man and an older woman model masculinity and femininity to the younger generation. That's a great idea. And so his first command to them in Genesis 1 was be fruitful and multiply. My children's Bible I read to my kids translates that as have babies, is how the guy says it. What a great idea. And then when God planted them in the garden in Genesis chapter 2, it says he looked at the man and he said, cultivate. And that word cultivate means what? You take raw materials and you situate them in a way so that life can maximize them. That's what God was doing in Genesis 1 and 2, building the structures of the earth so that life can flourish. And then he looks at the man and says, you do the same, cultivate. Look at the life I have given you influence over and create structures of time, energy, resources so that life can flourish. And that's what good parents do. They create a home life where you as a child can flourish under God. You can see your gifts, they can fan them into flame and you can serve the common good. The family was a great idea. 